0: We had a, uh, a good day yesterday, and it was made possible because of a young lady by the name of Heather Waterman. Heather is a social worker for Interim uh, Health Services, and uh, she said uh, one, of, one of the patients that I had, uh, who's probably got two, two, day, two weeks left to live. And uh, and he's he's uh, dying of congestive heart failure. His wife has uh, um, dial- she goes to dialysis three times a week. And they're in their 80s. And their place wasn't up to code because of this ramshackle garage in the back. And they told her that if they didn't, she didn't get this garage torn down they were going to fine her, and if she couldn't f- pay the fine, they're going to put her in jail. You know, and I was just—I was just. This this is ripe for a Capital Journal or or KSNT TV. But uh, you know that, that uh, uh, Heather in a, in a meeting said, you know, we is there. I don't know anybody that can help, and I volunteered the guys before I even asked them. Because I know I know their hearts. And I said, let me, uh, let me check this out. I said, I think that we can do this. I think we can take care of it. If you get the dumpster, we'll get it down. And we did. And uh, we, had, we had people come working on that thing, tearing it down, that didn't even go to the church. We had an opportunity as men to come together and um, fellowship, and we didn't even eat anything. Yeah so so ladies men can't get together and not eat. say that too loud. I didn't see you there Jerry as a matter of fact. But it was uh, it was a great it was a great time and it it all feeds in to part of this part of this uh, business of of understanding what our vision is. Do you have a vision? What is your vision? What's the vision for the church? What's the vision for our community? What do we look like as a church, as we reach out to our community? And it begins with loving God. If we don't have a love for God, then we're out. Of, we, we really are in the wrong business. We ought to be doing something else. So this morning, that's what I'm going to do. I want to. I want to begin to to again cast some vision here for our church and for you as. And, and I as, as uh, individuals in the body of Christ. and we, I'm going to start with uh, 1 John 5, 1 through 5. John writes, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Truett Cathy was an incredibly brilliant, godly man who was also a tremendous businessman. He was the founder, if you didn't know, of Chick-fil-A. And even though it cost him millions of dollars, all of his restaurants are closed to this day on Sunday. You can't you can't uh, get anything to eat at any of the Chick Fil A's on Sunday. It was that important to him to honor the Lord's Day, and 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 be, and and it was because he loved God. And when he first started his restaurant chain it was during the days he was down in Atlanta, the Atlanta area, and he was during the days of segregation. He took a very unpopular stand as he made it a point to hire people of color. He lost, he lost millions of dollars in that move. But he wanted to do what was right, no matter what the cost was. He also took an unusual step in starting a foster care uh, uh, home system for orphaned children. Truett Cathy died leaving a uh, an estate of four billion, b-b-b-billion dollars. God bless this man because he loved his heavenly father. And he wanted to obey the greatest commandment of all and that was loving God. Deuteronomy 6, five says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It was as good, it, it, it it plays today just like it did back in the, in the Old Testament. Loving God is our greatest responsibility and privilege. So if you want a vision, then loving God has to be your absolutely first priority. Just like it was with Truett Cathy's life, the heart and soul and mind are references to our emotions and our wills and our, and our intellect. In the original Hebrew, it says we're to love God with our whole being, with all of our might and, and strength. And admittedly, this is a tough concept because I know that 51-plus years ago, I fell in love with this little thing. I could touch her lots. <laughs> and, and I could love her, and she could talk to me, and I would hear her voice, and she would hear mine. And it wasn't hard to fall in love with her. But when you have an earthly father that wasn't a real, a real example of, of a being a good person and, and they tell you that when I, when, I, when I was first trying to figure out this God thing that your heavenly father loves you. Well, my earthly father was no doggone good. How in the world could I love and believe a heavenly father was going to love me too? It didn't make sense. I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. And I didn't know anything about him. Well, the only thing I knew about was this earthly father. And I couldn't trust him. How in the world could I trust this God that I don't know? This father that that, that I have no idea who it was. So So admittedly, this concept of loving a God that we can't see or physically touch is a real faith stretcher. So how can we express or demonstrate love to a God we can't touch or hear? Well, the Hebrew verb to love communicates a covenant commitment. Our text this morning helps us better understand just what it means to love God. Loving Him has more to do with obeying than anything else. John 5.3 says loving God means keeping His commandments and His commandments aren't burdensome. It's not hard. It's not hard when you love God. It's not hard when you're a child of God. It's not hard to keep those commandments. It's not burdensome. Jesus made this very clear in John 14.15. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. So our love for God is expressed through obedience 1 Samuel 15 22, I'm throwing a lot of scripture out here, but it really, it really plays. 1 Samuel 1522 says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen. It says obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. What's more pleasing? obedience. And many people in Samuel's time erroneously thought that the ultimate expression of their love for God occurred when they brought the, the, the sacrifices to the altar. You know, the lambs and the, and the doves and, and the, the, the sacrifices. They even sacrificed, they didn't have that, well they, the, the things that they grew, the first fruits, the first, the first part of the crop, that first 10%. They tithed. They gave back to the Lord. So I don't have a cow, but I got cucumbers. I've got squash. I've got liver. I would have tied 45% of that stuff. Spinach. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. So they thought that when they brought this to the altar that this was their expression of love and God said, no, it's not. Obedience is what God wants from us. Loving God has more to do with obeying Him than anything else and, and this obedience is exhibited in, in three areas of our life and I want to remind us of those things this morning. And, and, and this is familiar stuff and I'm, I'm not going over anything that you don't already know. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe you haven't thought this way before. The first thing is that that uh, we it starts by believing. And we love God when we take him at his word, believing it and acting upon it. Friend, I was at the I was at the bottom of the barrel. I don't know how in the world Sarita stayed with me. I don't know why she stayed with me. And and uh and she shouldn't have. Glad you did. <laughs> But we love God when we take Him at His word, and I was at the bottom of it all. And I said, You know, God I I came out of a of a of the military and, and you know, civilians make zero sense. No sense at all. You're out of step with the world. And I had a I had a job where where I would clear my throat and things would happen. And I come home and they're looking at, you know, who's this boogerhead? You don't have anything to offer me. Sit down, shut up. And so it was like I was all out of options and God said, John, I love you. And it came to that place of, Lord, I am out of options. I have nothing else to lose. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose everything that I've got. If you really mean business, I'm going to take you at your word this one time. And if you don't come through, if you don't show up, I don't want anything to do with you. Because God isn't real. Well, March 19th, 1973, at 1145 in the morning, Jesus showed up. And he came down and he saved this kid. And he shook me up from the bottom to the top. And I learned how to love God. So I'm here today to tell you, you know, you you say, John, well, I've been saved since I was a teeny-weeny, itty-bitty person. Or, I've been saved for a lot of years. Now I'm old. Er. And, And so... I still know how to love God, and I, but, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm, it's dimming a little bit. And I want that vision again. Start by loving God. When He says we're valuable, we believe Him. When He says we have eternal life, we believe Him. When He says He will meet our needs, we believe Him. And when we believe in God, we're showing that we love Him. Amen? Amen. Alexander the Great, tremendous conqueror, had uh, his horse got away from him, and this young, young fella, young soldier, uh, ran after the horse and caught him, and brought the horse back to Alexander, and Alexander said, "Thank you." With one word, this young man was promoted. When he said it, the soldier believed it, and he immediately selected a new uniform, moved out into officers' quarters, and because Alexander said it, he believed it. Why is it so hard? To do the same thing with God when He says it, we have trouble believing it. I know who. This would be a. Where'd Matt go? Where is he? Oh, okay. This would be a good song. Write the lyrics down, will you? I mean, you. you, I bet you could do this. You know. Wait a minute. It's coming to. I know who I'm believe. I believe it. I know who I have believed. And let's see. Am persuaded. Oh, you guys know my. You can read. To keep that which I've committed unto him against that day? I know. I know whom I believed. I guess King James is Believe Ed. But but, uh, you want some vision? Believe. God says, I love you. Believe it. And he's made it abundantly clear that he's paid the, the just penalty of our sins in Romans 5.8, but God showed his love, great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. You're down and out. You don't have any place else to turn. You've been scratching your head for years. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Because God will show up. Second thing is holy living. If you struggle with vision, I submit to you that you're not living a holy life. Verse 3 of the text says, Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. This leads us to one place, the Word of God, and we have to know His commands, and then we obey it. And this is also the secret to loving God on a daily basis, a holy life. Now that's not going around with your hands folded, cutting your hair, and, and, and wearing a mink, uh, a mink suit, a monk suit, <laughs> a mink suit, a monk, a monk suit, you know, singing, singing, singing Latin stuff. That's not the holy life, Or you make a whip and you flagellate yourself because this is going to bring you closer to God. No, it's not. It's loving God on a daily basis by obeying His commandments. And we talk about Christ's vision for the church. It also demands each of us having a vision for the church which begins with a perception of we as individuals what our vision is. And our love of God is expressed by living the way He commands. Living the way God commands is what Scripture means by, by living that holy life. And holiness is, is really it's christ likeness. So as we mature, as we get older, and we mature in the faith, we're to become more and more and more like Jesus Christ. So you've been saved twenty years or fifty years or however many years you've been saved. You are, you are different today because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're getting closer to Him. You're different today because you're believing that God said, keep my commandments, and so you're growing up. And you're different today because you truly do love God and you believe in having that holy life. It's an ever-expanding openness to God. It's a growing maturity and freely given conformity to the will of God. It's this obedience, and it enables us to become the people that we're created to be. We're God's kids. You know, you're a prince. If Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we learn today that we are part of the holy priesthood, we're royalty, then we're all prince is and princesses. You know, we don't wear tiaras, we don't wear a crown, we don't have a scepter, and we don't order people around. But Jesus Christ looks at us as if we were royalty. And His Father, God the Father, looks at us through that same lens and sees us as children of His because of christ 's sacrificial death on the cross that 's how we love god You'd, i don 't know if you saw this YouTube video where, the, where a guy found an uh, abandoned ant colony and he this, this fellow had way too much time on his hands. He melted uh, uh, molten aluminum and poured it down this ant hole no ants gave their lives for the youtube commercial the ants had all left or or went where dead ants go so he pours this molten molten aluminum down the hole lets it set for a day digs it up and it's the it's the positive of the negative Am I, getting, am I getting this right, Jeff? Positive of the negative of the ant hole and and it has all the little the little uh, trails and places that ants go and and, and it, it look. you pull it up and it looked like this uh, magnificent tree, and it was an ant colony. Well, what it was was a mold, and this is a picture of us no, we 're not ants, and <laughs> we don 't live in the ground, but it 's a picture that God has. Has created us in the image and light and his image and his likeness. That's what relates us to to one another as people. Because we were created in his image and likeness, and he has molded us as we when we come to faith, when we come to Christ as our Savior. He's molded us. Holiness is our calling. In striving for holiness, we love God. And we can't have clear, laser focused vision, though. If we aren't serving, that's the last point. Put up uh, Heather's picture, if you would, Bart. This is this is Heather Waterman and her little girl Kylie. Oh, she's a beautiful kid. And and I I told Heather I said if you weren't sold so I'd adopt you. Uh, brilliant, brilliant mind. Uh, 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 just a, a, a phenomenal social worker. She has. Uh, she's done an awful lot for the organization that he she works with and and heather and the martinez family yesterday aided our vision through serving we had people serving us and serving this and they hadn't even shown up for the work day matt gave his gave his uh, uh skid loader with that uh, that Grabber daily whopper on the front of the bucket is that the claw? Yeah, the claw. And and uh, uh, Craig and his boys uh, tore that thing down, tore that garage down. This sweet old lady isn't going to go to jail because there are a group of men that said we're going to help. We're going to get involved. We aren't going to. We don't even want to be thanked. We don't want money. We don't want food. We don't want any recognition. All we want is the opportunity to serve you. And Heather says, I can make that happen. She's a, she's a believer too, and I, she's over in Kansas City. I invited her. I wanted her to tell the story, and uh, she just she, she, she couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, can you put up the pictures to get the loop again, Bart? If you can. A horrible cut. Well, it was a little scratch on his stomach. But uh, these guys were serving. We were serving. And, and it was, uh, uh, I, I didn't get over there to take any pictures Friday night. That, that would have been good to see the, uh, take a video of those guys. But we had a vision. And we're going to have more of these things, more of these opportunities where we can serve. We also love God by serving Him. In Luke seven, we read about a dinner party Jesus was invited to, and you know it was customary, when you came into the house, you walked, and they didn't—they didn't have uh, uh, paved highways back then, and they didn't have uh, Nikes. They had, they had sandals, and as they walked through the streets, through the dust and the mud, and and the uh, exhaust from animals. Uh, that got all over their feet, so it was customary to come into a, to a house when you were invited, and your feet were washed. Simon, the host, failed to do this. It was a breach of etiquette. He also neglected to offer the traditional kiss of greeting. Now, the the kiss of greeting was, <laughs> uh, hey, I can get away with it. She's mine. They would they would do, uh, do a uh, they. Oh that was good. Oh that's even better. <laughs> they so, so they would they would give a they would give a kiss. You know, kiss the and and the men would do it too. And it wasn't weird. It was that was what they did in the in the Far East or Near East. Furthermore, he didn't offer to anoint his guest with oil and a special amenity of the day. And so if you and I were living then and found ourselves in such a situation, we have concluded that we were not really welcome as guests. (laughs) You don't really want us here, but we're going to tolerate you. Well, An unnamed woman, hearing Jesus was there, entered and came to the table where Jesus was eating and showed her love to Jesus Christ. She was weeping and her tears, and I mean, that's... I've got a bunch of women in my family, and they, I tell you what, they can, they can do the, the snot-crying, tear-dropping thing. I mean, they, they can cry. And her tears wet her Savior's feet. Didn't use water, used her tears to wash Jesus' feet. And when she'd finished, she must have had really, really long hair. Really long hair. I wish I had the opportunity to I, I, if I would have been thinking I would have got you and Matt and you could have washed his feet and dried it I wouldn't have you crying but used your hair to don't you think that would be good anyway they had hair her hair was that long and she wiped our Lord's feet with her hair and when she'd finished she began to kiss his feet and she anointed her, his feet with an expensive oil This was a tremendous example of love. Simon had little or no love for the Lord, and he didn't serve. He didn't wash his feet or anoint him. And those who love God demonstrate their love through acts and deeds of service. And it's first and foremost a matter of love. If we love God, we're going to serve him. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Lord is saying, if you love me, you're going to serve me. If you love me, you're going to reach out in some way. If you love me, you're going to minister to the sick. If you love me, you're going to serve the hurting, the confused, the lost, the hungry, the imprisoned. If you love me, you'll give of your time and talents and finances to support the Lord's work. If you love me, you're going to tell others about about me. You're going to use your influence to further the work of the kingdom. going to pray for the ministry of Christ's church whatever that looks like wherever God calls you to serve you're going to do it willingly joyously and freely loving God is our greatest responsibility but we have to always remember that our love for God is the consequence of his unconditional love to us John 4 19 says we love each other because he loved us first Loving us, he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the just penalty for our sins. Want some vision? You need to have vision for your life, vision for the church, understand what Jesus Christ did for you when he went to that cross. Willingly died for our sins. Willingly died a martyr's death. Willingly was whipped beaten beyond recognition his mother couldn't recognize him died was buried rose again someday he's coming back that's good theology you know it's easy to let life crowd in on serving when, when which in turn is going to dim our vision we get we get caught up in, and I, I love family. We are we are a close family. We we family comes first, and sometimes family gets in the way of ministry, or we let it get in the way of ministry. Sometimes, sometimes I let it get in the way of ministry. Sometimes I get so busy with ministry. That I stop ministering. My vision gets clouded and I can't serve like God wants me to serve. We're all busy, but we also make time for the things that we value. If little value is placed on reaching the lost and disciple-making, then there isn't much hope for increasing our influence in kingdom building. Let me close with this story of Hiru Onada. He was the last... World War II Japanese soldier to surrender. He'd been left on an island in the Philippines in 1944 with a command to carry on the mission even if Japan uh, surrenders. And all efforts to convince him to surrender or capture him failed. He ignored messages from loudspeakers announcing Japan's surrender, that Japan was now an ally of the United States, and, and he was there for 30 years. And finally, in 1974, 30 years after the war ended, Onada surrendered his rusty sword after receiving pers- uh, a, a personal command from his former superior officer who read the terms of the ceasefire order. And so he was 22 years old when he, left, when he was left on the island, and now a prematurely aged man of 52, he stated, Nothing pleasant happened in the 29 years in the jungle. You know, like Hiru Onada, many people are fighting a lonely battle against the God who, who's offering forgiveness and reconciliation and peace. We need to, to receive God's love in Christ and then love Him in return. And gratitude for God's sacrificial love should, should move us to love Him more and more and more. As we will believe more and more, as we serve more and more. And we pursue pursue holiness. Let me, let me remind you of this. Our vision. Our vision. You know we ought to have four-eyed vision. I I have I have trifocals now. Because I am a senior saint. I have a card that says so. It says Medicare. And so I have four-eyed vision. I need to have four-eyed vision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And my vision is going to be increased and your vision is going to be increased by believing, by holy living, by serving. And if thankfulness does not move us to do these things, then we don't love God or we don't love Him as as we should. Does that make sense? It sure makes sense to me. I want to pray. I want you to be praying with me. I know that, that uh, all of us have a passion of some sort. Say, John, I'm so old, I, I, I can't even spell passion anymore that's not true you can have that heart for Jesus Christ where you where you can serve him <laughs> you know that critter has six not you Matt your, your guitar has six strings and, and if one of that is that the E string that's on the top well, I, I impressed yeah nice He's, I learned that on a, on a show we were watching on a murder show I'll tell you about it but, but you'd still play that. You could still minister. You could still serve if you only had five strings on that guitar. It may not sound the same, but you could still do it. My tenure, I wouldn't know the difference. But you know, even though maybe you aren't feeling like you're equipped with everything that you need, you can still serve, still have that vision to serve, and you say, John, uh, that, that all sounds great it, it does it really it really sounds good I, I like I like what I'm hearing you know I, I, I pick up what you're putting down big guy but do you really and truly know Jesus I mean beyond a shadow of a doubt do you know that when you die and I know most of you we've talked a lot I know my brothers and my sisters and I know that they have a love for Jesus Christ. And I know that they want to serve. But you say, John, I, I, it, it just it doesn't make sense. I understand it, but, but how? I, 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 I don't. How? Well, I'm going to pray. And if you're here today and you say, I need Jesus, tried it all nothing works, I'll give it a shot. One time, and I, I guarantee your life will forever be changed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus,